The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Sponsored by Baker Hughes, a GE company bringing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I am honored to be sitting here today in Midland, Texas with Jamie Butler. She is the vice president of Permian for Baker Hughes. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Krista. So glad you're here joining us today. Thank you. How are you today? Doing wonderful. Weather has just been amazing this week. So exciting here in the Permian Basin. Isn't it nice to have temperatures in the 80s? Yes, finally, yes, finally. Finally, we've gotten here. Well, I just want to start off before we get into our interview. I want to ask everyone to help out the show by taking a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes. I know we're new podcast and we're so excited about representing the Permian here with Permian Perspective. And we would love to hear from you. So drop us a little note, a nice little five-star review would be great. And tell us how much you love the podcast. So thank you so much. Okay, Jamie, we're ready to dive on in. Uh, first, tell me how you got involved in the oil and gas industry. All right. So if you heard Paige's podcast back in October, I got into oil and gas because it found me. So I actually needed a job and started searching and someone said, go check out Baker Use. And they offered me a job. I actually went through a couple interviews and the second job I interviewed for, they offered and I accepted. And then I actually finished college after I started working at a Baker Use. Wow. So you've been a lifelong Baker Hughes. Yes. A GE company team member. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 18 years wow, um, awesome. at Baker Hughes. And I started off in our drill bits product line, which was Hughes Christensen at the time because we were seven different divisions for Baker Hughes. And so 18 years at Baker, and it's been an absolutely wonderful experience. That is fantastic. I want to hear a little about your journey to get here, but you are now here in the Permian. How did that go about? How did you make your way to West Texas, which is such a beautiful place to be? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is the epicenter of of oil and gas these days globally, and we will be for the next 75 to 100 years. So I had my career for 18 years, or well, it'll be 17 because... You know, I've almost been here for a year now here in Midland, Odessa. So, you know, 17 years in Houston, you know, had many different roles where I was responsible for areas in North America or globally. But a year ago, it was almost a year ago, it was May timeframe, there was an opportunity for the vice president position here in Permian Basin. And I went through the process and expressed the interests and they offered me the role. And I gladly accepted. So certainly caught me by surprise. Did not expect that we would be moving to Midland. I commuted back and forth between June and July. And then we physically moved here in August. And so now I am a proud citizen of Midland, Odessa. A West Texan. We we got another one. All right. right. (laughs) Well, tell me a little bit about what you believe makes the Permian so great, because I know I've been here 21 years and it really is, it's like you said, the epicenter, there's a buzz here. It is so exciting, but there is a lot more. And I want to hear your perspective being new to the area. What do you think makes it great? So I think for me, it really, it dawned on me the first day of school, actually it was the day before school. And our new head of school had said that, and she's also new to Midland. And she said, you know, you look out and maybe the scenery is not that great. You see all kinds of pump jacks and, and drilling rigs and not a lot of 
you know, hills or trees. But what makes the Permian so great, what makes Midland so great is the people. And that was really, you know, now that I've been here for almost a year, she's absolutely right. It is the people. The people are absolutely wonderful. And um, just the kindness, the compassion, sticking together and supporting each other, Mm -hmm. it just it outweighs the scenery. And you know what? There is some amazing scenery here. The sunsets are the best. Yeah, I I think I told Paige, the the sunrises and the sunsets, but not only that, there are a lot of things that are really close to Midland, Odessa, you know, like Monahans. Right, the sand hills. The sand hills. I mean, who would have ever thought that you could take your kids sand sledding and it'd be even more fun than snow sledding. So I think, you know, people have this perception of Midland, in Odessa area and the Permian Basin, but we're trying to change that perception, not only internally, but externally. We're trying to attract our employees here and really showcasing that there are a lot of fun things to do, that it is family friendly. Yeah, we do have challenges with infrastructure and schools and roads, but we, you know, we're the place to be and we need all that talent to continue that change and make this place even better. There's just so much opportunity here. Yeah, really absolutely. Is. I mean, it, we do have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the U.S. And so it's just a wonderful place to be, raise your family, and you will meet so many new people and make so many great friends. Well, I want to say since you've been here this year, Baker Hughes, a GE company, really is being seen. And you're doing a great job in that. I've noticed a, a lot of community interaction. Why is community support so important to you, Jamie? Well, because our employees are part of the community. So, you know, we our strategy is, is external and internal. It's the same strategy. We want to be there for our employees and the community because our employees are part of the community. Right. And we want them to be proud. And I think if you you accomplish that, and not only that, if we don't solve these infrastructure challenges, then we're not going to, you know, improve the Permian Basin. We're not going to be able to attract the people that we need here to make this growth successful. And so that's really, really important to us to make sure that we're here for the community and we're helping solve those challenges because our employees live in the community. I live in the community and it's really important for us to do that. All right, let's talk shop for a minute. Tell me, where do you see activity going in the next 12 months? Oh. We all wish we could <laughs> yes. We all wish we could do, have a crystal ball and know exactly what's going to happen. But what, what do you think will happen in the next 12 yeah, months? Yeah, so certainly crystal ball out, right? And, and all, well, first of all, I don't think any of us anticipated the little blip that we saw at the end of the year with WTI. And then we came back into to 2019 kind of scratching our heads, we had worked so hard for the, the plan out. What we can say is the Permian has not been nearly as impacted as the other basins. That's because the Permian has some of the, well, the lowest break even. And so it's very attractive for all the operators to to play here and be here. So we, of course, we did see a little bit of blip in activity because of that. But now, as you've seen, it's now we're back up over 60 and the futures are up. And so I'm actually, recount we do believe is starting to, to, reach its bottom point, and we do expect it to climb between now and the end of the year. Now, given there's a lot of things that we don't know and we don't foresee that are out of our control, so obviously politics is one of those, but (laughs) um, we do see us bouncing back. Again, we had a little bit of of a blip in activity at the start of the year, but we're starting to see our customers pick back up, and we expect the back half of the year to be quite busy. And then for the long term, I mean, going out 12 months, we expect this activity to, you know, sustain. Right. 
Wonderful. We You mentioned that, that we went up above $60 a barrel. This is great news, but the ups and downs of the oil business, we all know that it's there. How does Baker Hughes deal with that? So, I mean, we really try to structure ourselves to manage those. I think all of us, especially as service providers, went through that with the downturn. I'm making sure that when we grow, we don't you know, go overboard, that we really are productive and efficient what we do. So we're not impacting and, and kind of going up and down in those cycles. So we really try it. That's how we try to manage it. And also long-term strategic planning. Again, we may not see some of those bumps in the road like we did mm-hmm. at the end of the last year. But one thing I, I think I'm proud of that we did not do is we didn't knee-jerk react. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes in our industry, we would have knee-jerked react in December, in early January, we would have pulled back the reins, but no, we know that Permian here is long-term strategic for us. We didn't knee-jerk reaction and look where we're at today. We expect it to come back up. So I think as long as we're more disciplined as an industry and we're managing those cycles and we're thinking long-term, the better position we'll be. Great. You mentioned growth. What do you see being the biggest challenges for growth? So I think here in the base, biggest challenges, first challenge is people. And I think I covered that's why community is so mm-hmm. important to us is people. Attracting talent here is going to be essential for us to support the growth. And that's certainly a challenge. And another challenge for us is any obviously regulatory or political risks, you know, new, new regulations could be, you know, not a risk for maybe us as a service provider, but for the basin for operators. So anything that's introduced new could be an additional risk. And then, of course, things that are way outside of our control that happen in the global economy could be a risk for us. But I think the challenges from a technology perspective, those our industry has shown over time and time again that we can innovate and we can solve problems. So I think that we'll, that's going to come because we're going to continue to innovate. And I know water management is a big challenge for our customers. So, mm-hmm. But again, I think as an industry as a whole, we continue to innovate and we'll overcome it. I know recently you got back from a conference and they were talking about the technology and growth. What major technological advances are you seeing in the industry that Baker Hughes is participating in? Yeah, so particularly here in the Permian Basin, Baker Hughes, a GE company, is uniquely positioned because we have in our portfolio the capability of power. And so for the Permian, we see converting to electric frack to reduce emissions. But not only that, we're able to solve infrastructure challenges by removing drivers off the road. So as we move and help the local frac providers convert over to electric frac, reducing the number of trucks on the road, which is a win-win here because we know road safety is a challenge for us. So, And then we also reduce our carbon footprint. We reduce the emissions. We also reduce the sound. So we make it a better, just more friendly to the surroundings, especially in residential areas for the Permian Basin. And then our customers also face challenges with just power. So as we move closer or move further out into remote areas, they don't have reliable power. And so being having to offer backup power solutions for them. And then the third is being able to take those gas flares. So you see all these gas flares when you fly in at night, if you're recently flown in, you know, that's a waste. That's going, you know, and that's not really environmental friendly. And that's not how we want to be perceived, especially outside the industry. And so we want to find ways to, you know, close loop that. Let's recycle it. So let's take that gas that's flaring. Don't flare it. Let's try to use that energy to 
power something else, whether it may be electric frack or providing infield power for our customers. That's exciting. That is wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about the changes in the industry. I've been here 21 years Mm -hmm. and I love nothing more than seeing a woman being in charge of Baker Hughes Permian Division being the vice president. I think that is so exciting. And I have seen that change because before women were not in those positions. How does Baker Hughes support diversity and inclusion? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we take a position that's balanced for the better, which was the theme of International Women's Day this year. So there's many ways that we support, but the first, I mean, we can kind of divide this up into two sections. One is attraction. And one way we attract is starting early. And so that's one thing that we do here is we start early. And when we say early, we're talking elementary, Wow. Right. That's great. We want to get in. We want to be part of STEM programs. You know, here locally, we're working towards STEM gyms as, a, as an organization. So anything we can do to help get in early and attract females to, to our industry. And then when we go to universities and recruit, really recruiting those. So it really starts, though, at an early age to make sure that they see the opportunities in oil and gas mm-hmm. and how fun it can be. And then when we go to recruit, it makes it a lot easier for us when we're at the, the universities. And the flip side, though, is, is retaining, right, and developing. And so we have a program called Aspire, which is a leadership program here at Baker Hughes. And our target is 50% of the employees that move through Aspire have to be female. Wow. So I think that that's a really good target for us to have. And it pushes us to make sure we're filling up the leadership pipeline with females and Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're kind of doing that balance for the better. And so I think that we also have employee resource groups and affinity groups so that we can support each other. So we have a women's resource group, well, women's business resource group, and we support each other and we make sure that what we're working on ties to the business. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about how we can help each other, but how can we help the business be more competitive? Because, Diversity and inclusion isn't just the the right thing to do. I mean, it is the right thing to do. I don't mean it that way. It's the right thing to do. But on top of that, it gives you a competitive advantage Mm -hmm. because the more diverse perspectives you have and the more inclusion you have, then the better, more innovative, competitive ideas you're going to have bringing to the table. I mean, it's, it's, it's proven. Business results are proven. When you have a diverse group of people working on something, your business results automatically improve. Right. What advice would you give to a young lady that's considering going into college and, and wants to take the same path? What advice would you give to them since you have such great knowledge and, yes. and experience? <laughs> well, I think for a female moving through college, I think explore. Mm-hmm. Definitely explore our industry. See what we have to offer. And I encourage internships also for oil and gas to really make sure that's a direction you, you want to move towards and it'll give you great experience. And usually most of our interns are getting to work in the field. And that's just a wonderful, wonderful experience, especially to start building up because most most likely who you intern with and you do a great job, you're going to get a job offer when you when you finish up. So I definitely encourage the internships into, you know, into oil and gas. Of course, we would want it to be Baker Hughes. Of course, (laughs) of course. But certainly I think that gives you a much better perspective of our industry and, you know, Reaching out on LinkedIn, it's a great, it's a great tool. Don't be afraid. Recently, I've had, you know, college students 
reach out to me. Like, for example, we went and spoke at UTPB. Mm-hmm. Both a counterpart of mine, Alex Burns, and myself spoke over at UTPB, and one of the individuals reached out to me via LinkedIn. And so being there for them to mentor them, coach them, answer any questions they have, making sure we're responsive, that's going to also attract them. And so making that impact, I think, is they're going to really go, oh, I really want to work in oil and gas, and not only that, I want to work for Baker Hughes. Right. You, that is great advice because I think internships are key in, in any in any mm-hmm. business because you don't know if you're going to like it until you're in it. Right. And then if you can learn from the best in the business, you're going to want to be with them. Yeah. And so it really is. A, it's a great opportunity. So there you go. Intern at Baker Hughes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about your favorite business tool. What has helped you the most in, in your day-to-day either now or just getting to where you are today? Yeah, I think, well, when Paige asked me this question, I think I covered that it was it was myself. And so I think actually this will give me a, a better opportunity to kind of explain that. When I talked about myself, it was the conversations that we can have and the impact we can make on people. And so for me, I feel like my purpose is giving and giving it wherever I may be able to give it, pay it mm-hmm. forward. And so for me, the tool is leading and coaching and guiding Others, whether they're at Baker Hughes or maybe, for example, the UTP PB student that reached Mm -hmm. out to me, making sure I'm giving and supporting. Because for me, my purpose is when I see someone else succeed, it just gives me so much happiness to see others succeed and reach their goals. And so I know it's a kind of a strange purpose to have, but it's what makes me feel fulfilled. You know, whether even, you know, my children, right? Mm-hmm. succeed at a goal. You know, I think we recently saw a basketball game where our, you know, at the YMCA and my son got to score the time basket and to see the smile on his face mm-hmm. and the success of that achievement gave me fulfillment. And so I take that to work to my biz, the, my, my tool is myself and reaching out and touching people and making sure that one, they stay motivated, they have the growth mindset mm-hmm. and they stay positive and they look at everything as an opportunity and not as the world is against them. And so I think having that positive mindset that anything is possible, so getting out in front of our our people, our team. And I always say it's changed over time, particularly like, you know, obviously early on in your career, you're doing more, much more tactical work right. to work up into the, to the leadership role. But even when I was doing tactical work, it was always about giving or improving, mm-hmm. doing something for the better. So I think that theme has always stayed throughout is is making sure that I'm always doing something for the better. I love that. That's not that's not different at all. I think that is amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I wish the world would look at it a little bit more like that, that you you can be your best business tool and utilize that and help yeah. others with it. And the paying it forward, there is nothing more satisfying than seeing in yeah. either a team member smile, your child smile, even a competitor smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things that if we're helping other people, you, you get that that positive feeling back tenfold. So, yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I love that. What is the most important lesson you have learned in, and it doesn't even have to be oil gas related, it could just be in life. What is your biggest life lesson learned? Biggest life lesson learned, and I actually covered this one also with Paige, is being a learn it all and not a know it all. Yes. Um, that is the biggest life lesson learned. And that, and I think that that goes back to how I was raised and, and always having an open mind and willingness to learn. That to me is the life lesson learned and has really opened up my eyes to learning and growing. 
because if you think you know it all, you're never going to have the willingness to to learn. So it's yeah. definitely a life lesson, and it's something that I try to coach and and guide our employees at Baker Hughes or anyone that I'm mentoring, even outside, because I do mentor outside of the Baker Hughes. So, and then also my children or even their children or their friends, right? Making sure that you know you don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the answers. You can ask questions and you can learn a lot. And maybe the way you wanted to do something isn't the right way. Maybe there's an even better way. Or maybe there's a way that you could do that's a combined way of your way in another way. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about that, it made me think, What? how do you learn about the oil and gas industry? Is there a periodical you read? Is there a website you go to the most? What, where do you get your information? Wow, everywhere. 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 I mean, that's one one of the best pieces of advice I can give for oil and gas is making sure that you're utilizing all resources that you that are available because some can be very skewed to one direction. So making sure you're utilizing different resources. Obviously, I that is important though you bring that up. It's important for us to understand what's going on in the market. So I do encourage our employees to go out. Make sure you're staying up with the news, you're reading what's happening in the market, you know, what's the latest and greatest. So, you know, recently we had Sarah Week over in Houston where a lot of the industry experts came together. And so my team and myself have been reading through some of those articles that came out of Sarah Week. And, you know, so check the stock too. Check Mm -hmm. your stock ticker. Check your customer stock tickers. Check your competitor stock tickers. Make sure you're staying up. If, If it's not every day, Make sure you carve out time mm-hmm. in your week, you know, whether it's a Friday, whether it's, maybe it's Saturday morning. Make sure you carve out the time to get up to speed and reflect, right, and mm-hmm. what's going on in the industry because then that's going to allow you to make better informed decisions. But again, making sure it's many different resources, not just one. I love that you're always learning. You're a lifelong learner, you you know, and I think that is so important for a lot of young people to realize because uh, often you get out of school and you're like, I'm done. No more tests. Yes. I'm out of there. <laughs> but, but that it's just beginning. Once once you get into your field, you still have to always have that that learning perception. Right. I mean, you continually have to adapt, mm-hmm. be flexible, and learn. I mean, I think now you can. Well, Google's at your hands, right? You can you can Google anything and you can learn about it. Right. So just again, be cautious though, because sometimes you know the internet is all, not always right. Right. right so right. making sure because not only are my resources you know, news articles, stock tickers, investor reports. I also talk to individuals. Again, going back to my tool being myself talking and finding out what others are thinking. So I'm going to ask my team, hey, did you see that article from Sarah Week? What did you think? What did you think? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they may actually say something or caught something that I didn't even see. Right. Or they may have heard about, oh, well, did you see this article? Or did you hear about this happened over the weekend? Such and such ran this tool and they saved, you know, three three day. I mean, so there's a lot of things, you know, you can you can just constantly be asking questions and -hmm. learning from. Wonderful. Is there a podcast you listen to or you have a favorite podcast besides Permian Perspectives, of course? Well, yes. Permian's <laughs> Perspectives is definitely going to be near and dear to to my heart and I'll be listening to every week. Obviously, Oil and Gas This Week is one of my favorite podcasts and, and pages also on The Leaders is one of my favorites. I mean, what got me hooked to that podcast was Jack Hinton, who was our Former, he just retired recently. Mm-hmm. He was our HS over all of our HS, HSNE for Baker Hughes. 
And when they inter- when Paige interviewed him, I was hooked. It's just such an amazing, you know, experience, right? And that's another resource you can utilize to learn right. from is listen to the podcast, hear others' perspectives to help you. I love that. What would you say to someone? Because we are global. Yay. We reach 172 countries, over 600,000 listeners. What would you say to someone that's never been to the Permian Basin? Come on. Uh, <laughs> what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I mean, we are, uh, like, I, you know, the hashtag we continue to use every time we make a post on LinkedIn is hashtag Permian is the place to be. Hashtag Permian proud. And then now we have a new one called hashtag Permian forever. Ooh, I like it. And the reason we say that is because we literally have over 75 years to 100 years of untapped reserves Wow, here in the Permian Basin. So we are here for forever. For, forever. Well, forever for, for us. us. <laughs> <laughs> forever for us. Right? That's so true. <laughs> but I mean, I, I love that. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, hashtag Permian forever. Hashtag love Permian that. forever. And this is, you know, we are getting the message out because if you're not here, then you really need to think hard about what's the first way route I can take to get there. What is the what is the job? What is my way in to to the Permian? Because this is the place to be. We are going to continue to have the lowest unemployment rates. Mm-hmm. So even for those that are outside of our industry that need work, I mean, it this is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Come on, I mean, come join us in this wonderful journey. Right, and then we'll tell you all the great places to eat. Yes. Come on over. Just come ask us. We'll yes. tell you. We'll share that info with you. Absolutely. Yes. All the great, wonderful uh, barbecue joints oh, and the barbecue. food is just yeah. top notch. It is top notch. Jamie, do you have a favorite book that you like to read? Well, so when Paige interviewed me, I highlighted Lean In. Oh, great um, book. Yeah, great book. Great book. But I think I, it's an opportunity for me to highlight another book that I just recently read, which is Leadership Vertigo by Max Brown. And he wrote it with a counterpart, which is Tanvir Nasir. And, you know, we had Max actually come out earlier this year, and he did a leadership course for all of our leaders in the Permian. Wow. So we did three days of of leadership training and development for all of our leaders here in the Permian Basin. And Max was wonderful. And, you know, we had a co- we had a coworker here that introduced us to Max, and that's how we found out about him. But before the course started, I read the book, and is really, it's kind of ironic because when Paige interviewed me back in October, I talked about how for me, when you treat people as if they're number one, then you're going to have a number one business. Mm-hmm. And when I read the book, Leadership Vertigo, it's like, oh my gosh, was he like, <laughs> did he like get into my, my brain or mine? Because he really does talk about how successful companies have been successful. And one example he talks about is Southwest. Mm-hmm. He talks about how they are the only airline that has never gone bankrupt. Their culture is just amazing. And he compares it to another company tried to start up. And they tried to start up and replicate the no bags and no fees, all of that. But they failed. Mm-hmm. They failed because the big difference of what makes Southwest successful is the culture, mm-hmm. the people that they truly treat all of their employees and their people as if they're number one. And then it just, it transforms all the way into, you know, and you do notice a difference. We, you know, they obviously are one of the primary providers here in Midland. So if you are looking for a way to get to Midland, yes. look at Southwest. <laughs> That's I'm right. plugging them. They do. <laughs> they have they, great flights. They have great flights and they're very reasonably priced. They come in. And our experience with, with Southwest is 
we started using them because they are wonderful for children Mm -hmm. and especially unaccompanied minors. And my children flew on their own, you know, by themselves at early ages and they've always taken care of them. And the one time that my older son flew on his own on a different airline provider, he came home and he said, never again. Never again. I'll he saw always, the difference. A yeah. child, when a child can see the difference in yes. your product and what you're doing, yeah. but that's, this, a, yeah. this book, amazing. you know, really Max gives wonderful examples and really talks about how, you know, if you just have compassion and you just care and you treat your people as if they're number one, simple recognition. I mean, one of the activities he had us do through the, through the three-day course is stop everything we were doing and immediately text someone that you want to recognize. Nice. I love that. You know, and you listen in the room for dings. Did you hear any like <laughs> dings going on within the room? But, you know, it's, and then, and then, then he asked later on the day, did you all, who got feedback? Tell us some stories. So then we shared the stories of, well, this person said, what's wrong with you? Why are you recognizing me? Like what's going on? But no, it was, it was good to share the stories. I mean, some of the folks were like, wow, thank you for recognizing me and all the hard work that I'm putting because one thing about the Permian is we're wonderful, but we all are working very hard. Right. And we are shorthanded. So making sure we're recognizing our employees. And so Max was really instrumental in that and uh, it was a wonderful three days spent with him. But that has been kind of the book. Now when I go, when I go to meetings, I've noticed some of our leaders carrying that book to meetings. Nice. And to me, that's very inspirational. It tells me that that was just a wonderful decision for us to make to have him to have him come in. So I'm Ooh. sure he's going to be proud and plug, plugging him. Like, so go out. His book is available on Amazon. I can't wait. I've already, I've already, I already wrote, wrote it down. I am ready to go. That's going to be the next book. And it's a very to. short, simple read. And that's another thing I like about mm-hmm. it. It's not, you can read it in a couple nights or maybe three nights. So it's not some big long, it's very simple to the point, but a good refresher and a good reminder of we as leaders, what we, what we should be doing. Wonderful. Tell me, what piece of advice would you give someone that's on a similar journey as you at, at this stage in your life? Ooh, well, you have, <laughs> well, one thing we didn't, I don't think we covered in, in Paige's podcast is my journey is a little different lately. Is, you know, my family is divided because we're dual income careers. So my husband works at Shell downstream and he's still in Houston. And then I'm here in Midland and in in a house, bought a house. I'm committed to the community. Not just did you buy a house, you do everything in the, in the house. Mess. Yeah. I mean, she, she'll tell, oh, I put this up today. I did this. I'm like, yes, girl power. That's right. It has been a journey from, from an independence perspective mm-hmm. as a female, really taking on some tasks that are very male oriented as you're here on your own. But we divided up because I have a teenager in Houston and we gave him a choice whether or not he wanted to stay in Houston or move to Midland with me. And he stayed in Houston and he'll be starting over at Memorial High School next year. He's very focused and dedicated on on his studies. And then my younger son, who's in fourth grade, moved with me and has been a wonderful experience for him too to see him blossom because he wasn't as independent and and I would say strong-willed. And I think that us moving here and being divided, he's really grown and developed. So people would think that's crazy. How could you do that? And, you know, dual careers, we have to think about how we're going to approach and do things differently to have two successful careers. And this is what works for us. And I got the idea because I've seen other females in our industry 
one who moved to Australia and she and her husband kind of traded off. It was like six months of, mm -hmm. of the kids, right? Because he had a very successful career. And then I've seen one situation where, you know, she had both the kids and then he was still where his job had him. And we, that's what kind of gave us idea. Maybe we, maybe we can do the divide and conquer approach. Mm -hmm. And so we've been doing that for, well, I mean, since August and we, everything's going wonderful. We, yes, we do see each other. Um, right. Yes, we do have a life. And, but do we, I think for us, do we value that time more when we're together? I have seen the time we're together is just so much more valuable and we're having more interaction than we've ever had before as a family because we just that time is so precious to us like spring break week right. was just a wonderful time for us to be a family unit enjoy each other's company put down the phones mm -hmm. you know actually play physical games not computer games you know so right. i think that you don't take advantage of that time that sometimes can happen right we don't take it for granted mm -hmm. now we really do see the value that we all bring now i will say though with technology we've been able to stay even you know cohesive with you know obviously facetime mm -hmm. and phones and right so you know it's not i talk to my older son probably once a day if not twice a day so there's still a lot of communication but that is essential in mm -hmm. in 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 our current situation i think the that to me has been this journey for me. You know, this, I've really been looking at this last year is, wow, this has been a really just learning from it every mm -hmm. day, you know, just becoming more and more appreciative. One, not only family, but the experience and the opportunity that I have to bring to, to this team here in the, in the Permian Basin. Well, we're so glad you're here. You, you're doing a great job. And Baker Hughes is lucky to have you here leading the team in the Permian. It, I know it's a big job and it has been a big life adjustment. Yeah. And I love seeing a woman that can do it all. And well, you're doing it. So, I, I, and I know you have a team. I know. Well, <laughs> you're looking I, at them. You're pointing yeah, at them. I'm like, I know that. Well, I am, I am lucky to have this team. You know, when I did get the call last year and I looked and I saw the team that was here, I had worked with most of the team previously in other roles and just wonderful, wonderful people. Again, what makes Permian so great? What makes Midland Odessa so great people? And mm -hmm. some of the people were, you know, truly local, been here, born and raised here that I had worked with previously in other roles and others I had worked for in other places, you know, worked with in other places. And so I've just thought how lucky I am to be surrounded by such an amazing team and getting to learn from, from the best because I really didn't know Permian at the level I know Permian today. So final quote, do you have a quote that you live by, that you love, that you share with your team members? Learn it all. Learn it all. Learn it all. I love it. Don't be a know-it-all. Learn it all. Be a learn it all. Be I a learn it. it all. Thank you so much, Jamie. I cannot thank you enough for sharing time with us today. You're doing a wonderful job and we just love hearing your perspective on the Permian. So yeah, absolutely. You, no, you. thanks, Krista. I appreciate it. And I'm really, really looking forward to, you know, each week, listening to the Permian Perspectives podcast and be far reaching. I'm so excited and, and globally what everyone's going to get to hear about Permian and what's so great about the Permian and why we are the place to be. That's right. And oh, let us know where we can find Baker Hughes on social media. So you can actually go out to www.bhge.com. Mm -hmm. And also that will also tap you into any careers that we have as well. And then you can look at our, our Baker Hughes GE Company LinkedIn page as well. And um, we also have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter. 
So feel free, go out. We're on all social medias and then also follow me on LinkedIn. Follow Jamie Butler. And again, my name is spelled a little differently. It's J-A-I-M-E. So I am like a Jaime. So I am J-A-I-M-E Butler. So look for me on LinkedIn and follow me and you'll see some really cool stuff happening here in the Permian Basin. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. We appreciate you sharing time with us today. Once again, this concludes our episode of The Permian Perspective, the story behind oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Just remember my favorite motto, dream big and believe in yourself. You make it a great day. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.